What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Dope Life Podcast, the dopest podcast ever. And I'm, of course, your host, Coach AJ, the dopest life coach ever. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Because, look, I'm a one-woman show when it comes to this, and I'm trying to get this out as much people as I can. So if you could be oh so dope and leave a review and subscribe and like, I'd be greatly appreciated. So today's podcast, I'm super excited about today's podcast episode because I have a uh, I think a very low trip individual, <laughs> you know, so to speak. Uh, and we're talking about just living a low trip, you know, kind of like soft and chill life. And I have Goose. Goose, how are you doing? How are you living? Welcome to the Dope Life Podcast. How are you? I'm doing lovely. I'm loving being here. I love what you do. Uh, Thank you. I love the way the energy that you bring to this space is very direct. And, you know, while I'm a low trip person, I think part of that ability to build mental resiliency is the ability to be direct and to be able to sit with those difficult emotions and those difficult conclusions and say, like, I mean, that's what I'm all about is autonomy. Like, what am I going to do with this? So I love your flavor on the life coaching industry. I I, uh, I appreciate you. Same to you. Like, when I saw your videos uh, on TikTok and I saw low trip, I'm like, yes, let's talk about living that low trip soft just chill type of life in a world that's so chaotic um you know it's good to kind of have a perspective like a different perspective on that so i'm just i'm just kind of curious um what kind of shaped you to have this like low trip type of lifestyle probably the opposite of a low trip lifestyle uh, seeing the other side of that so you know without going too deep into it just the way i grew up was very high trip uh, very, it's just very, you know, my mom is super emotionally reactive to everything and I bared a lot of the weight of that emotion. So as I was growing up and, and also, I mean, music lyrics have been incredibly formative for me. I mean, I'm working on a second master's and I think there's nothing that I've learned more in books than I have that I didn't get out of music lyrics, basically like music has yeah. taught me how to live. Uh, so just listen, all of these guys listening to you as well, like, you know, a lot of 60s psychedelic stuff, uh, a lot of 80s stuff just taught me that there is, I mean, music, you know, like when you're, when you're living in an environment with your parents, like that's pretty much all you view is what's normal, what's going on. And with music, I was able with these lyrics, like, you know, there's another perspective. There's a, there's another way to view things. So I always felt like, you know, this is like, you're being kind of crazy about certain things, but I, I had no perspective for that. So as I was able to listen to music, uh, and I just get into different artists, I saw another world. And then, you know, as I gained my education with different things, I was able to kind of shape and sculpt all of that into like, okay, like, what are the four necessary things that everybody needs to become an emotionally resilient person? Because that's really what it's about. Um, yeah. We're so led by our emotions. It's like, because as I grew up and got out in the world, I realized it wasn't, well, it was myself as well. I had a lot of healing, I'm still healing. I don't think the healing journey ever ends. I don't talk about it. <laughs> and I just oh, I'm healed, you know, and I developed this yeah. nothing like that. But, you know, I realized that, you know, as I was just gaining more perspectives about myself and about life, that uh, most people are controlled by things outside of their control. And it ends up being such a waste of our lives, really. It ends up being such a waste of consciousness. And we end up like almost kind of like chasing the carrot that we're never going to get. But then like, you know, leaving the feed that is I, I'm from the Midwest, so like all my analogies have to do with farms. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Not just foregoing the things that are right in front of us because we think we have to go control that thing that we have no control over. 
And that can be as basic as like, you know, the weather. I mean, in the Midwest, people are nuts about the weather. I mean, people's mood. I know seasonal, I'm, I'm in therapy I and mean, I'm a therapist. So I know seasonal affect disorder is a real DSM yep. criteria diagnosis. I know it's real, but I don't feel like we can live our entire lives controlled and shaped by that, at least without trying to implement something. So just seeing all of these varying forces, you know, from from the weather on up to like what people are saying about us or what the boss is doing or what your neighbor's doing or how your family's reacting or if, you know, the floors are clean or not, you know, all of these different things like we live our entire lives because the quality of your life, I believe, is the quality of your emotions consistently. Everybody yep. has ups and downs, but you know, we find ourselves so emotional and driven by the stuff that we can't control. And to me, I was just like, that's a, because I'm also an existentialist, even primarily. I'm like, that's that's like a human tragedy that we spend so much time chasing and running, not realizing that, you know, to shape our perspective around what we value, around what's a priority, around what's important. That's the work that I feel like we're called to do as as humans and not to yeah. control our environments or trying to control other people so we can feel that peace inside because it never happens if we spend the rest of our lives pissed off. You you hit the nail on so many. Like, I think you hit a whole bunch of nails there. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, starting off with the music aspect, I, I think there's so much to that. Like, I'm a music head. In fact, before I got into life coaching, my primary goal was to be an A&R rep. But, you know, being a canon, oh, I say that. Yeah, being canon is very difficult um, to do that. So I kind of left that uh, out of my brain for a bit. But uh, oh, well, pretty much forever. I tried. That's how I see it. But what you said in terms of the music, I, I find myself going back to a lot of the stuff I grew up on. So like I'm a Jamaican descent and a lot of the the old lyrics at the time I was singing it. Did I understand what Bob Marley was really saying? Did I understand what Peter Touch was really saying? Did I understand what the Deckers were really saying? No. Um, no. I just knew my mom liked it. My dad liked it. We were damn good. That was it. Yeah. 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 As an adult now, when I listen back to these lyrics, specifically the ones from the 70s, well, 60s, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. It's there's two parts to it. The part where I'm like, okay, now I understand what Dennis Brown was saying, but this now I understand what Bob Marley was trying to say. But the second aspect to that is why is it still relevant? Mm-hmm. This yes was I wasn't even born, so this that's like years ago. Like why is this still relevant till this day? Anyone that listens to Redemption Song, unfortunately, it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Like still yeah. relevant. But even when you said in terms of like how. Um, we are living on this earth and thinking as if like it's more of a we created this bubble because I, I it's society but we are a society society is made up of humans yes created this the individual bubble. yeah yes yes we've created this bubble where we believe that we're not entitled or allowed to in a sense be mm-hmm. right like it's or just be still or be present um and it's if you look, it's created so much chaos within people because we're we're fighting constantly with ourselves. We're angry more with ourselves. So much. Yeah, it's that war inside. Absolutely, it's yep. that war inside. But what I've learned the most is, and when you know, I'm I'm going to ask you this as well. But what I've learned the most is when people when I say, yeah, you can live a life of peace. They're like, yeah, <laughs> whatever, coach. Now I ask, like, what is the resistance do you see people having to adapt to like the low trip? Um, lifestyle that kind of because it's it seems as if the way you're describing it it's it's low trip it's kind of a sl- your own pace mm-hmm. it's it's soft it's chill like it's chill yes life is gonna come at you like you said like we're not healed mm-hmm. I call it actively healing because yeah, it's always it's always active <laughs> absolutely because yeah. because like we could say okay like now I know why that how I could um 
work to like work against a certain thing coming in to trigger me. But guess what? It's going to come back and chill you again. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) the question is, how are you going to adapt the tools you now have? So that's why I say it's actively because it's life's going to be light. Like it's going to happen. But my question is like, how do you find people resisting that type of lifestyle, that slow lifestyle? Well, I guess so to answer that, I'll just briefly outline like what the practice of low trip lifestyle is. So by all means, yeah. yeah. The practice of low trip lifestyle is in any and all situations. Like, I mean, again, small stuff on up to, you know, like grief and, you know, larger losses uh, is a practice of unconditional love, which if that's too woo-woo-y for people, uh, acceptance, because what I mean by love is acceptance, because you don't have to love everything in the traditional way that we think about it. But we, if it's happened, it's happened. You know, if you made the right. mistake, you made the mistake. If if somebody else wronged you, it, you know, it happened. You have to you have to be present in the fact that the past cannot be changed, you know. And we are mm. also able to renew ourselves in each moment. And that allows space for that acceptance as well, that insight, which I could I'll, I'll get off that. So there's four tenets. So that is that. So unconditional love or unconditional acceptance. Um, authenticity. And the way I mean that is not just, you know, in, you know, wearing flashy clothes, but in knowing yourself and being yourself, because yeah. like, you know, knowing yourself could be like, you know, I don't like a lot of color. I don't, you know, I, I you know, I, I am who I am. I do what I do. Um, but I also really have more of a, an emotional association with that because I also, uh, I grew up, you know, having a narcissistic parent. I grew up a people pleaser and it wasn't probably until 22 that I really started dismantling a lot of those people pleasing, you know, constructs that I used to get around socially. Uh, so I wasn't being authentic with myself. I mean, I, I guess right. I'll say with all of this, I developed low trip lifestyle for me. I mean, that's probably the core message of all this. I developed it for me. And as I was, uh, you know, I, I started, I was life coaching a year before I even thought about bringing that to the public. I was speaking with my business coach and she was like, you know, it kind of sounds like, you know, for you to take all of your therapeutic knowledge and all your educational knowledge and then limit that down to specifically helping people pleasers, that feels kind of limiting for you. And I was like, it does feel limiting. Like, I definitely know. I mean, I do therapy with all types of mental health disorders and all types of uh, substance use disorders. He's like, so why are you choosing people, please? And I was like, another coach I said, you know, I was working with said niche down. And she was like, well, I want you to, you know, be able to access, be accessible to the people that you can help, which is more than just people pleasers. But that's where I started. So Low Trip Lifestyle is actually a relatively new launch within the last six months. Um, but that was part of it is that I wasn't even being authentic to like, you know, how I wanted to share myself, like what this vision was. Like this was a philosophy I had written away in notebooks for years and never did anything with it. So like just authenticity, like knowing yourself, being yourself, being honest with your emotions. That was what the people pleasing was, is that I wasn't being honest with myself and I wasn't being honest with other people. And I hadn't even allowed space in my mind to ask myself, like, what do I, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And not judging myself for that. Cause that's what we do. We judge ourselves. We think I shouldn't, you know, even if it's irrational, you know, you get pissed about something and you, we say, I, I shouldn't feel that way. We try to shove that emotion away and then it causes further problems that you can, you know, you know, you can have emotions about things that you feel like you shouldn't have emotions about, I think. But you know, it's a matter of what you do with them and how you adapt to them, which then goes up to that acceptance. So you get unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, authenticity, detachment, which is just the ability, kind of with that mindfulness, to just to understand that like the world's gonna happen the way it's gonna happen, and I cannot control and influence outcomes. Like I have to be okay with what outcomes are. Now I can control what I can control and being able to differentiate that. So that's what the detachment is, is, you know, and working with clients like, okay, what can you control out of the situation? Again, these are just basic questions we don't ask ourselves. That comes from some, you know, Buddhist and Eastern philosophies as well. And then the fourth tenet being acting when necessary. So still kind of like that. Okay, 
uh, sometimes you are called to do something. Sometimes you are called to have the difficult conversation. Uh, sometimes you are called to, you know, leave the relationship, to leave the friendship. Sometimes there's nothing else that can be done than the path of most resistance. And sometimes the path of most resistance is back up to that acceptance. Like, I can't do anything with this than just let it be. I just, I have to let the situation exist and, and being able to pick those two things apart. So applying all of that, you know, coming through a set of like, you know, uh, I know, I guess the, the core tenet of this is like, Shaping your perception, shaping your awareness, shaping the way that you respond to the world and understanding that you are consciously, the main thing is that you're consciously creating with every decision you make or every decision you don't make, you are contributing to the outcomes in your life that you see the reality that you see in front of you. Uh, so combining all of those and, you know, when you find yourself in a difficult situation, you know, just running through, okay, is anytime anything's happening in my life that's kind of off kilter or has got my emotions, you know, in a negative space, I'm probably not accepting it. I'm probably attached to the outcome. I probably want things to go my way. Uh, I'm probably, have I been authentic with myself? Have I allowed myself to feel those feelings? Sometimes I'm shutting down. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have time for that. I got to keep moving on. Sometimes I'm not doing what I need to be doing to fix the situation yeah. or I'm trying to act. And there's no you know, trying to, you know, maneuver around the fact that nothing can be done about this. So I developed it for me and now I brought it to the public to utilize all of those four tenets to live low trip, essentially. So thank you for breaking that down in the four. You thought you call it coordinates, you call them? Uh, tenets, core tenets. Tenets. Core tenets. I think that's awesome because the way you broke it down, I'm pretty sure a lot of people think it the exact same way when it comes to where it's approaching something, anything. And, you know, for myself, it's first of all, anyone that is out there. Don't be shocked if your therapist has a therapist and that your coach has a coach. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that, that grad school, you need that a therapist. That is normal. Yes. <laughs> and, and I remember I saw like this comment the other day where people were like, does that therapist have a therapist? Yeah. And you would want to work with someone that has a therapist because we're we're taking on whatever you're giving us. And then we have to disperse it elsewhere. We have to helpful, be healthy about our own mindset. Like, how are we going to... Uh, coach you or and you know a therapist be a therapist towards you and they are not practicing exactly the same uh, core values that they're asking you to to kind of practice it it doesn't make any sense but kudos to you for working with a a business coach I work with one as well and they told me the same thing niche down Um, and that was a a setup for failure Um, (laughs) in many ways it taught me a huge lesson it's not a failure it taught me a huge lesson Uh, Uh, always and for me it was just more of like okay, I can niche out to X, Y, and Z, but what is so important to me that I know I want to give to the people? Because my mission is, I call it my legacy as well, is to help one person a day. And primarily is for clarity, growth, and confidence. Like those are the things. Now, one person in it is so good. You know, the reason why I broke it down that way is because if you could just help one person, it's a ripple effect, right? Like it's an automatic ripple effect. And I, I apply that, especially when it came towards the monster of like social media, because mm-hmm. that, you know, you get these posts constantly coming up like, hey, you know, this is what you need to go viral. And I'm like, but I don't really want to go viral. And then you get the pressures and it's like, and then I have to always remind myself, but we're focusing on one person today. So let's just stick with that. Yes. Because that's important. And when it comes towards, you know, your own core values and what you believe in and how you want to put things out. Once you kind of figure that out, when you start going through experiences and solution and situations, you're going to find like you actually have the steps to do it that work for you. Mm-hmm. An emphasis on works for you. Yes. For you. Because I think people are like, okay, I'm going to try this one. But no, 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 no. Especially with, I'm sure with the content you put out and I put out or how when you're in your sessions and I'm in your sessions, 
Uh, I mean, coaching is a bit different than therapy, which you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going by, I'm guiding, being almost guided by uh, the client, but more, I'm there to be the thought-provoking individual, right? And it, it sometimes I'm like, I'm your cheerleader, I'm your coach, but I'm also your pain in the ass because I'm going to ask you some questions and you'll be like, do you know, coach, like, why? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you need that, right? But I think the the part of all of it is finding what works for you because I can coach you right now. I could go coach another person, but I'm coaching completely different personalities, completely unique individuals. And that's the point of all of this. And I think it's the same through the little trip. Like you're taking what you can, kind of like take a penny, leave a penny. You're yeah, but you can the white, what it un- yeah. love looks like for one person is going to look In totally different. So, yeah, yeah, separate. What kindness and compassion looks like for me looks so different to you. What peace looks like for me looks so different to you. Yes. And I think people need to just, take, when you're looking at that and investing in themselves, take a step back and just figure out what do I enjoy? What parts of my life do I, I, I do enjoy? That I think is missing so much in this world. I understand it's so chaotic, but I feel like that part is so much resisting. Like what kind of like, what significant obstacle have you faced and strategies that you've like you employed to overcome those difficult moments because let's keep it a buck let's take a look at the world today yeah yeah so i guess you sir you're asking what have i done to kind of keep myself above water is that yeah basically okay um you know i mean sometimes i'm underneath i mean sometimes i feel like i'm drowning i'll be (laughs) you know sometimes i mean it's it's not I, I'm not doing okay all the time. I mean, I yeah, really, I need low trip lifestyle. I mean, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, just with um, every day, I mean, just with working and managing a home or managing a relationship and uh, managing, you know, myself, I have a lot of stuff, you know, I'm in recovery from addiction, you know, so my life feels chaotic a lot of the time, but always looking at, so I feel like there are like, I guess kind of five things that our lives are controlled by. I feel like it would be like values, priorities meanings attachments and our needs and usually like i would say what i what i focus on most i guess if i were talking about like maintaining every day some meanings i'm applying to things i think that's the number one thing for me that's what i I have a philosophy degree and i'm probably more of a philosopher than anything i really wanted to go into philosophy but i wasn't really quite sure how to make it lucrative so i got a psychology degree on top of that and then i went to go get a grad degree in psychology and i'm in therapy and I'm kind of trying to shift out of that, uh, you know, more so in the coaching because coaching, yeah. I feel like is more expansive, you know, therapy. I do a lot of coaching in my therapy, uh, but coaching, the difference I feel like is like, okay, when, what are we doing? What are we implementing? How are we like, we, you know, we don't have, you know, 10 years to figure this out, you know, like let's arrive at what meanings, what belief systems you have, you know, what are those mm-hmm. resistances? What are those resistances? And work it out, you know? And I think that starts, it starts so much with the meanings that we apply to things and, Really, when I'm having a crappy day, it's because I'm applying, like, I'm just kind of like got this like blanket, you know, just, I don't, I don't know, this like blanket dark cloud, dark cloud. It's telling me like, you know, this is not going right. You know, you're, you're, you've got this going on. You've got all of these tasks. You've got this long to-do list and just looking at things just through that, like really disempowering lens. So yeah. I'm always self-assessing. I'm always self-analyzing. That's what I teach my clients to do, to always be in touch with yourself. You know, to yep. always be self-monitoring. The self-perfection is such a un, uh, under-rated uh, tool. Mm-hmm. And I I kid you not, once I started tapping in that self-reflection, 
and it obviously it taps you more into accountability and holding yourself accountable. Yes. Um, yes. And I know that seems scary to a lot of people. Like, crap, I got to be, yeah, point the finger at yourself. Because sometimes you are the villain in your own story. You know, there's there's a huge part of it that you have, especially it's our life, right? You have to be your biggest player. Like, I always say, like, the ball's in your court. Like, I used to play ball in high school, elementary school. I was a point guard. And a lot of times as a point guard, you got to delegate, pass the ball to who you feel is next, kind of like a quarterback. Uh-huh. And or like, you know, the captain of a hockey team, whatever the case. But like when you're passing that ball, think the ball is your life. What what like what direction do you want to pass it to? But Things also be willing to happen. pivot and you're <laughs> going to have to pivot yeah, and cause... change throughout your life. There's I'm so sorry. Like there's nothing nah. that could prepare like there's nothing that could that I could say that say, no, you're never gonna have to make changes. You're always gonna have to be open. And I feel like in terms of this world that we live in, there's so much resistance to change. So resistance to change. Most of us think are are living with the same life strategies. And you know, I say this with no sense of superiority. I mean, I can I can only speak on all of this because I've been through it or am going through it. So nothing I say I mean it's all experience likewise people over there, you know. No, 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 no. But we, you know, a lot of us, I feel like, are living with the same life strategies that we acquired from childhood. I mean, we're walking around as adults. And whether he had a traumatic childhood or not, I mean, I even say that you could have had the best childhood in the world. Everything could have been groovy and gravy and just perfect. But, like, that, though, even the skills that your parents gave you are not going to be enough to learn how to pivot. Even if things were good for you, you know, later on in life, even if you had a a super great home environment, which a lot of us do, but even if you did, yeah, still those the skills that your the tools that your parents gave you are not going to be enough to carry you through the rest of life. So you have to be willing to self reflect on the effectiveness of those tools, whether you had a good childhood or bad childhood or kind of in between, and look at okay, what new skills do I need to acquire? What's not working? Is this hammer broken? Have I been sawing into something? You know, with the dull blade, and I think that's that in itself is just such a a painful process because it requires us to confront that ego of like. You know, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I'm the villain. Maybe I'm the problem. And that's why I also teach like the detachment, the non-identification with you and your mistakes. Because if you can make a mistake and understand that it's not an indication of who you are, then it's easier to course correct for some of those mistakes and those failures. You know, which I don't like to use that word either that we have, as opposed to like I did this thing that means I suck. You know, yes. so never gonna I'm never gonna do that thing again or make any changes or take any risks or or do anything that's gonna make me feel that way again. And it keeps us so limited. So yes. which then creates high trip situations because now we're trying to control everything around us oh, saying we don't get threatened. Yeah. It's very much like you were saying, like we're running after that carrot. Like we're we're literally running after that carrot and we're never gonna reach it. And it's you know, or it's gonna be very difficult. It's gonna cost us a lot within ourselves to cough, try to rethink. The yeah. cost is huge. And then even if we do get it, it's the cost to maintain it because that's not even who you are. That's not even what you want to do. Uh, that's not really what you're about. And I think when it comes to where it's like thinking of I need to be X, Y, and Z. Look, there's a lot of people right now that are comfortable just being below, as you would call it, which I really don't think. I think they're higher above because they're at peace. Fuck. <laughs> They're at peace. They're at yeah. peace with their life. But, you know, it's so true. We try to take on what we've been taught. But we also have to understand that when our parents were using it, it worked for them in that lifetime. Mm-hmm. We are now in a, it's it's years later. The things that we could try to adapt may not work right now because it's so different. Times are different. Uh, and those habits that they may have been able to teach us 
can't may not even match where we are in our life. Mm-hmm. It, it just may not even like even come close. So it's okay to be open to switch up your habits. It's okay to be open to switch up your routine. It's okay to be open to switch up your mindset. It's fine. And you it may find that you're wrong. It doesn't need no. And that's what it is. It's just, it's just like, well, then that means I'm wrong. And it's like, I love being wrong. And I love being over here. All the but I would love getting triggered, especially when it's something new that I wasn't aware of. Because I'm like, oh, that's something, you know, oh, like. Yes, you are. Yeah. Like, embrace failure, guys. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. like, failure. I know we've been taught that failure is such a horrible day. But you know what the great thing about failure is? The lessons you get to learn, the opportunities you get to grow from that. Like, I used to just be like, despise failure. Oh, man. Like, now I'm just like, okay, so this doesn't work out. But what could I use? <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Like, what could I use from this? Exactly. Okay, did it. But what did work? What didn't work? How can I, you know, mix this up a little bit? It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. And I, I love seeing, like, even kids nowadays making mistakes. The parents are like, yo, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, yes, it's okay. The new generation of parents. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, the school system changed. I think COVID changed a lot of things in terms of, like, the value of, of grades and and, and I don't think, I mean, you just see a lot of stuff, I guess, just shifting towards a, a different level of consciousness of like, okay, like, what does achievement mean? And, you know, yeah, like, what do we, back to those values, like, what do yep. we value? Do we value growth or do we value the A? You know, because the A doesn't, I'll tell you this, you know, I was in all those damn gifted classes and all that, and all that meant, you know, I could take tests. All that meant is an onion and rising because I was, I was doing so much blow in high school, really, like, and, oh, wow, in high school. Yeah. Well, I must say, like, kudos to your sobriety as well. Oh, thank you. Honestly, I, I I appreciate you sharing that on this platform. But, you know, I I think, like, you just saying that and letting people know, I did it, and this is where I am, is huge. So definitely congrats to you on that. It's better to be on some, this is what I've always known, it's better to be on some path and be walking it at whatever pace you want to walk it. Because I think that's the number one thing that saved me. That's the number one thing that saved me from a lot of people that, that start doing the things I was doing at that age is that I always knew that I had a direction. I knew it was going to help people. And I knew that I liked school. And I knew that I liked psychology and the brain that like existed. So I was always walking that path. And you can right. course correct any, you know, at any point in time. But mm-hmm. just to kind of have some idea. That's the other thing is that we, we don't want to commit to anything, again, because of that identification with the ego. Because we think, okay, if I try out this thing, then then that's me. Then I have to end that thing. Then I have to carry that out for for who knows how long. And that right is well because you can be. That's what you know. I teach you know with main character energy. Like you can create your life to be whatever the hell you want it to be. Your own story. Yes, you're writing it with each decision that you make, and you don't have to stay. You can try something out and say I don't like that and move forward with it. But so long as you're in that active process, I think we're called to to create, to heal ourselves and to bring our gifts to this world. I think that's like the ultimate point of ascension. I feel like however you're doing that, you know, and whatever, we're all, all going to do it differently. But I'm very obsessed about what we're here to do and why we're here to do it. So yeah, that's my, like, that's my climb upward, you know, and what I say now, maybe a year from now, maybe six months from now, I'll have something totally different to say. 10 years, Absolutely, I'll yeah. have something different to say. I'll look back on this and be like, what the hell? You know, but maybe there will be some pieces there, something greater I'm building or some different book or some different ideologies. So yep. it's always, it's always changing and shifting. And you just kind of also hit something there when you said in terms of like a purpose almost. When people think about purpose, they think like it has to be like this big grand scheme. And I kind of lowered it a little bit because I realized like maybe in my late 20s, I think mid, that my purpose is just to exist. That's it. 
I've been created on this earth. The mold was broken. <laughs> All of our molds have been broken. They can't copy us. Um, <laughs> else they can't. And I'm just here to exist. And however that looks, however that should be, it's my chapter, my yep to create that. And I know people like there's just thing like, here's how you can find your purpose. There's just, your purpose is just to be yourself mm-hmm. and your authentic self, intentionally, authentically you. And I know some people think that's so scary because the world is so judgmental, but it's also uh, not to really give a fuck about what. <laughs> and learning and working with those and learning. I do that. Yeah. And just, it is hard. It is hard because it's breaking away thought process that's been unfortunately embedded to your head probably from childhood. And it's breaking away that you don't have to um, fit in someone's box or fit a society's box. It's for you to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And but. The, the, the cool part about it when people think about peace or low trip I don't think they really understand that being yourself is what gets you there mm-hmm. be your authentic you're not constantly trying to skate which I've been there skating the environment like oh want me look to be, what they be, you know, yeah I've been there as well there. Yeah. yeah like should I tone this down how I should act da, 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 da. but the minute I said you know what F all of that that's too much pressure and too much stress and I'm constantly on like high alert and burnout and depression once I kind of step yeah, like away your from the physiological system, is oh my, it's physically fatigued. Yeah, you're just mentally and physically fatigued. I just said screw this, and I almost like surrendered to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and once you surrender to you and however again, however that looks for you, you are gonna be like, well, damn, the world looks a lot bigger than I thought. Mm-hmm. A lot bigger than I thought, and I think you you mentioned like ego, and I was reading this book called the "Ego Is Your Enemy." Oh, and, oh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Great read. And it's just like the first few pages, I was just like, holy crap, my ego. Like, how has my ego played a part in this pre- present moment in my life? And shoot, what am I wa- like holding myself back from with my ego? What's turning me away from it? Like, it really makes you think about, and I love books. Like, I, I used to despise books. I will say that. Um, until I started reading the books that I enjoyed, you know, which they does keep that part. So yeah, because when they're in school, they're shoving like these. What was one of the books they made me read, and I was I could not get through it. But it was like a Shakespeare book. I could not get rid of read through it. But you know, the crazy part was, um, someone gave me Machiavelli, and I read that with no. <laughs> don't ask. Like I was like, well, I just don't comment further on that. But oh, uh, I mean, but I guess maybe it was because I was now open to that thought process but like if you give me shakespeare i'm like i don't really care oh i hated all of it that's what i'm saying i mean like, yeah the education these degrees i mean they don't mean anything they just mean like you know how to like write essays and pass to us you know that's about it it that's all i mean you don't it doesn't mean you care it doesn't mean you like it it doesn't mean you got anything about it. i could tell you anything i read in high school i would cram the night before you know and and just vomit it out and move on Good for you because I can't cram a damn thing. I got test anxiety like a bitch. So I got to like do all these other extra little stuff, flashcards and stuff just to pretend. I know it, but then I'll be sitting there like, what's that again? Um, and all the while, you never learn to study the things that mean something to you. I mean, that that's an option. You just see books and say, no, forget that. I'm not pretty much. Finished. Yeah, pretty much. Well, recommendation of books or podcasts, you know, would you recommend to any, uh, any of the listeners? Uh, what am I reading current? Um, Michael Singer's Living Untethered. It's all about That's letting good. go 
Um, he's a like I'm trying to think of how I just. I mean, I know he's been like prominent in terms of in the self help field for since like the 1980s. Uh, oh, he was one of the. There's Living Untethered, and then there was another book that he wrote that like Oprah pushed. Um, I found it about him. He did a seminar or like a half seminar with like Tony Robbins. Uh, Yogi uh, brings a lot of, uh, I guess, secular Eastern practices to like a really digestible format on basically a lot of what we're talking about. Just the fact that like we bother ourselves with things that we get attached to. Like we have to have things a certain way. You know, we like things to, to fit into our box so that we can feel emotionally in control. And that's like trying. Yeah. And that's like trying to look in the mirror and change the mirror, like rearrange the features on the mirror and not realize, no, I'm going to change myself in order to change what I see in the mirror. So like, that's the whole premise. I would also recommend that. Um, uh, I mean, anything, Ryan Holiday. I mean, he's pretty much like the yeah, he's pretty genius stoic of this generation. Uh, a quote that, that's really, really important to me is uh, Epictetus on the like, kind of talking about the Stoics is like, he who masters you, um, he who angers you, masters you and that that just i mean that's also another motivation for me every single day you're like what do you do you know when you start feeling down and yeah do i want this like i'll ask myself this situation whatever it might be traffic you know i'm like do i want this to master over me right now like i am giving my emotional power and my space away to whatever it might be um you know to the fact that like you know like i don't know my fast food is like trying to eat fast food but you know whatever like you know, I had to wait no, 10 minutes. I had to wait 10 minutes extra. Do I want that to master over me, to lord over me right now and control my experience? And if the answer is no, I'm like, okay, then I need to I need to release. I need to come back to center. You said something there like my grandfather told my dad and my dad told me this. He's like, you know, if, if you're in an argument with somebody, don't be the fool. Let there just be one fool and the fool better not be you. And I was just like, oh, like, you know, like, don't you don't have to stand there or sit there and argue with them. And I, every time, like, you know, I, I come from a background most of customer service. So anytime somebody would be yelling at me, I'll just like, you know, have a blessed day. Like, you know, like, I don't even, I'm like, I'm not even going to allow it to like get fester in me. And like, legit, like, they'll be like, well, at you, blah, blah. like, you have a blessed day. Like, you don't have a really good day. Just because I'm not going to sink my levels down to you because yeah, you're angry about a situation. Because Sometimes they're not even angry. What you're angry at is not the person or the situation. There's something else oh, that is upsetting you. All right. Always. Like even down to like you mentioned driving. I don't really cuss off that many drivers anymore. I'm going to explain to you why. It d- depends. Like now it's I no, I'm going to be honest. It depends if like because there's been times. I don't know. But driving in my city's gotten really bad where people have almost hit my car. And I've been hit. Unfortunately, for somebody, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Not all of them, not a full, unfortunately, like very fortunate of that. But like, it's a process. I don't like, I'm just like, I don't want to go through this anymore. Mm-hmm. But if someone cuts me off, I always think maybe they're in a rush. Maybe they got kids to pick up. Maybe they're on their way to the hospital. Maybe they have an emergency. Different meetings. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to, I'm like, okay, well, go ahead. Sometimes I even slow down. I know I anticipate it. You're going to just go. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how did you know they're going to do it? I just have an idea and I could tell from the way they're driving and I'm just not going to allow myself to get angry over it. Yeah. Because it caught up in that. Because you take that home. You take that to where you're going and then you keep thinking, well, yeah, this person cut and it continues and it festers. Leave it where it's at. Don't like leave it where it's at. It's not worth. There's 24 hours in a day. If you're really going to sit there and be angry over something for like 15, 20 minutes, what's the point? And let it extend out into like a whole. Sometimes it's more. Yeah. I'm just, I'm giving a small. 
window. Some people will be cussing when they get home. <laughs> like, why are you allowing that to still fester in you? For what? That person's long gone. That situation is done. Why is it still? Why? And it's usually because of the meanings we attach to me. I like to go deep because I feel like stuff like that. There's something always else. Yeah. It's it. I mean, like the two greatest fears we have is that I'm not enough and I won't be loved. You know, mm-hmm. and that just permeates out so i mean if you have that just that internal which we all have insecurities but i don't like you know to a great deal where it's been unrecognized and undealt with that like you just have this sense of like i'm not important that traffic shit i mean it's essentially somebody saying you're not important get out of the way get out of the way that's sitting there like i've worked with clients this that it it just i mean it ruins your entire day because it's not about the traffic it's that reminder you know that like i have something inside and then you are lashing out at your your dogs your cats the people around you and it had nothing to do with any nothing to do with i like to get to the core i like to and and i I don't know i'm a why i'm a question master and that's not appropriate for all people some people you're a why and i'm a what and a how (laughs) yeah you're i get to the bottom of it and look at the root of the tree and you know excavate the tree and some people you know they don't need that they just need to cut the branches so that's what you're talking about earlier it's like you, know, you have to find a coach and a methodology or a way of life or strategies that make sense to you because yep. the way I do things does not make sense to everybody. It makes sense to me and it makes sense to the people that are on my same vibrational frequency and people that are on a different vibrational frequency. It's just different. It's not better or worse. It's just it's just different. It's however it works for you. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part about like, even just life coaching as well. What I've learned, I've connected with uh, so many other coaches is like everyone has their own thing that they're really, really good at. And I'm like, awesome, because if I have a client and I'm like, this is not my thing, but I know so-and-so is really good at it. And at the end of the day, for me, it's all about the client. As I said, I'm, I'm looking up a person a day. So if I can somehow switch, hey, I have this person. Can you help them out? Yeah. Boom. Go ahead. Yeah. That that's a, that's important. That's very important to me. I want to ask you, you, you know, you mentioned before, like it's been an ongoing uh, steady type of way of you getting into this low trip life and if something you've written in a book. If you could go back now and tell the young goose, like, hey, you're about to embrace this low trip life. Yeah. What would you say? Wow, gosh. You know, my main thing growing up, uh, you know, I I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody, you know, like in political looked different than me. Um, And I I internalized a lot of that, that difference for, I, I mistook that difference for inferiority. Um, you know, and financial inferiority, otherwise inferiority, even though, you know, again, I was in the gifted classes and all that stuff, even that made it worse because then I was really among those, those types of individuals yeah. uh, who thought that they were, they were better and everything. So if I could go back, um, and it's the same advice that I have today is just to focus yourself inward and understand that your difference is your strength, that your difference is your power, that your, your difference and your uniqueness is the light of the world. That we're not all yeah. to be the same, that we're not supposed to be the same. And that, you know, this, yeah, especially, I guess it is probably more present maybe in adolescence, but, you know, I, I think it is very much in adulthood as well, that this, like, this idea that I have to fit into anything, that anybody has to fit into anything in order to be socially valued, that I, that it is one of the most destructive ways to live life because you never find out who you are. You're always shifting to whatever the group consciousness and the group collective is. And it's just, it can be incredibly dangerous, you know, no matter what demographics you fit into, um, trying to be that one thing. Everybody's going to have similarities. I, I think we're all as similar as we are different, you know, both sides of the coin there. So that's what I would say. Awesome. And lastly, I always ask everyone this question. What makes you feel the most dope? Makes you feel the most dope? My clothes. 
Like, love it. Absolutely. You got some really sick jerseys. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I don't, I live in Canada. I'm like, I don't have a hockey jersey. And I really, I should. One. You gotta get one. First of all, the things are like $200. Like, like I got ball jerseys and those are like, you know, 50, 60 bucks, but jerseys are expensive as hell. I'll tell you, get on Etsy and get the vintage jerseys. One, they look better. And two, I mean, if you don't have a free outlet. If you don't mind free on that, I don't mind a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just dry clean it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my clothes are vintage. I mean, they are authentic from the over into the 80s and 90s. So that's actually why I have so many of them. Is because I'll get okay. Oh. Like, let me get a 1988 jersey. You know, some old dude selling it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. Look shimmer. You know, and I'm like, it's authentic. It's real, and I got it cheap. Look, a lot of the times I see your jerseys, I'm like, God, jersey. I think I even wrote anything in the video. I'm like, that jersey's fly. Like, I hear your message, but that jersey is fly. I was like, what? That is so old school. I loved it. I love it. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for stopping by. And I'm, I ask everyone this. I hope I can have you back on. Like, can I bring you back on another episode? For sure. For sure. I love uh, Appreciate that. All right, y'all. Thank you again for tuning another Dope Life Podcast episode. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Oh, but before I forget, Goose, where can they find you? Um, TikTok, Instagram, just type in Coach Goose. I am on Substack as well. That's where my blog is. You can type in, I think it's like coachgoose.substack.com. Uh, I'll send it to you so it can be in your... Yeah, I'll put it in the description, y'all. Yeah. And yeah, we'll put all that stuff in the description. Go ahead, please follow Goose. Again, I am Coach AJ. Stay dope and walk with peace and love. I'm not to watch this. I'm not to watch this.